Coming into this, economically, we weren't really faltering. We were slowing, but we were in a steady growth of, you know, 2 to 3%. You factor in this health scare out of there, things would snap back rapidly. Welcome, everyone, to today's episode of The Capitalist Investor. I'm Mark Tepper, and I'm joined by our chief investment strategist, Nate Fisher. Nate, what's going on? Not too much. How are you doing, Mark? I'm good. I'm good. What I want to talk about today, Nate, and I'm glad you're able to join us here, is bull market, bear market. Because just a few weeks ago, we were in a bear market. Now, suddenly, all the talk is that we're in a bull market. Yet, for all of our listeners, they're probably sitting at home looking at their portfolios and saying, I don't feel very bullish about the way my statement looks right now, right? Let's kind of just hash out what a bull market and what a bear market is. Because, Nate, if you go back to to 2007, the S&P 500 peaked at about 1565 or so, right? Then, obviously, 2008 happened. We entered the Great Recession, and then we finally bottomed in 2009 at 666. From there, the market then rallied, and a lot of people will go back to March of 2009 when the S&P was at 666, and they label that the beginning of that bull market, correct? Correct. And their take is that you know it was the longest bull market in history, blah, 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 but we just looked up the actual numbers. And how long did it take for us to get back to even? Probably took us about three years to get back to even. So I think what it looked like was March of 2013. So four years, right? So from 2009 until 2013. So what I want to talk with you about is, in our opinion, what's a bull market and a bear market? We obviously know the technical definitions, or maybe we should start there because maybe maybe our listeners aren't really in tune with what makes a bull market or a bear market? I would say that a bull market, in my opinion, is when you break through the prior peak. Therefore, for us, essentially, that would be in February of this year, around 33.93. And right now we're around 2,800. So we're about 28% off of this year's low that happened on the 23rd of March, which is a great rally by itself. But nevertheless, I'm still net negative of my money. The the high water mark has not been hit yet. It's funny to me that you'll see the the media talking about us being in a new bull market. And when I think about a bull market, I think that I I would want to feel good when I open my statement, right? When When I open that mail, I look at the statement, but that's really not the case. Right, because there there's differing definitions on what makes a bear market or a bull market. Obviously, you know, we all know that typically they define a correction as a 10% drop from top to bottom. And a lot of people define a bear market as a 20% drop from top to bottom. The question is what defines a bull market? Is it just us ending that bottoming process where we continue to go lower? Or is it when we surpass the prior high? And, you know, again, recently we, we peaked to 3393. What was our bottom? Like 2191. 2191 was our bottom. You think we're going to retest that bottom? Just kind of off topic. I would say it's very probable. There seems like there's a very big disconnect of what Wall Street think is going to happen and then what's actually happening there on Main Street, i.e. people losing their jobs. We have roughly 17 million people file jobless claims in the last three weeks. 
That's never happened. Yeah. Not even the Great Depression, that never right. happened. And they're going to keep coming. Right. 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 They might, it might be coming in at a slower clip than, say, 6 million a week. But nevertheless, it's going to add up and it's going to add up really fast. Yeah. So, yes, the market is essentially projecting a, a snapback recovery. The market typically discounts all economic data about four months in advance. So right now, the market is telling you that the worst is behind us from the stock standpoint, but the economic data is still going to be very, very nasty coming forward. And you know, just a piece that I read today, there's been a lot of talk about the second quarter GDP print being a negative 30%. And I was trying to figure out where these economists were getting that number from, but it was made clear to me today that it's negative 30% if we reopen on May 1st. If the economy reopens on May 1st, it is negative 30% for the second quarter year over year. If it takes until June 1st for us to reopen, it's negative 60%. Right. It's crazy. And that's even the way you got to look at it too, is that's assuming that it's 100% Back to normal. Which is not going to be. Right. So so do you think April is going to be at 50% capacity? Uh, I'd probably say that's probably in line, maybe even worse. Yeah. If we open up May, what is May going to be? 60 to 70? And then if things go really well in June, 80 to 90? Yeah, you're still not at all. So I don't really even know, like, best case scenario if it's even 30% down, right? So 20 to 30 seems very doable, just back at envelope math. Yeah. So as far as retesting the lows, you think it's possible? It's possible from investor sentiment seeing that there's no visibility from companies when they report earnings here in the next you know, four weeks. It's also possible from people just saying, hey, I wasn't able to take off a lot of the risk when I was already down 35% in three weeks. Now I'm going to trim up my positions. I'm not going to be fully invested just because I know how bad the data is going to be. And there's no guarantee that life gets back to normal 100% before COVID-19 hit. So I think people are going to be more cautious in how they're allocating their capital. I agree. I think individuals are going to be more cautious about how they're allocating their capital. Absolutely. And that just means their family finances. I'm not even talking about their stock portfolios. Right. Right. I agree. I mean, if you go back to the Great Recession... What happened when we emerged from the Great Recession? What I remember happening is that people deleveraged as much as they possibly could. They realized it was not okay to continue to refinance your house as real estate was supposedly appreciating and suck all the equity out so that you could spend it and consume the equity that was in your house. So what I remember happening was that as the Great Recession hit us and we started to rebound, consumers were very, very wary about taking on new debt and they focused on continuing to pay down their debt, right? So what's going to happen this time around? What's the consumer going to do? A year or two ago, I think most consumers were comfortable knowing that their job was secure. Right. And their job very much is not secure right now. And they are still scarred from that 08, 09 experience, given that the amount of disposable income that they weren't spending in savings, the savings rates were at all-time highs heading into this most recent uh, market downturn. So people were living not as crazy lifestyles as they were in 07. um, So they saved a lot more. They've changed their consumer behavior to the way they shop. They're more off-price orientated. They're always looking for deals. They're looking for bargain hunts. Um, they've shifted away from you know higher-end merchandise to more middle-of-the-road things. 
both people got back to work. Uh, they cut expenses. You know, it's just one of those things where this is only going to reinforce that to where everybody who was in a position where they both had a job now probably one out of two people has a job. Yeah. In a household, you're saying? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. And, and who knows how long it's going to take for us to get back to, to whole. It might take a while. How, how soon do you plan on getting on an airplane and going on vacation? Well, I'm going to go because it's going to be cheap. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going anytime soon, but I already have a trip planned for Thanksgiving. The family and I decided we're going to go to Turks and Caicos. So typically, um, I've not been very good at planning my vacations around the holidays. And I wait you know, until about we're 30 days out. And I never get the destination I'm looking for. So we've been eyeballing Turks and Caicos for probably like three years, four years. And I finally sat down well in advance. And this is before COVID-19 and booked this thing. And it's expensive. I mean, there's five of us going. It's pricey. So um, I will be hopping on a plane. The five of us might be the only five on that plane, but we're going. So yeah, That's the um, best time to go. You know, it's nobody's going to be on it. Right. And in fact, I actually heard that if you have the financial means and you plan on traveling around Thanksgiving or Christmas, you can get some really good deals on airfare right now. So maybe that's what the family and I do over the weekends. We actually sit down and we book that airfare. But I would say for, for the normal listener, if you didn't have a vacation like that plan, or we're talking business travel, or I've even talked about regional travel, you're probably not going to get on that flight. Oh, you're going to jump in the car and drive. Yeah, exactly. Gas is a dollar and you self-isolate on the way there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so kind of getting back to, are we in a bull market or, I mean, I guess we're not in a bear market anymore because we're no longer 20% from the top, which was 33.93. Now, by the time this is published, maybe we're back in a bear market because that's a few days away. But as of right now, we are no longer in a bear market. Are we in a bull market? I would say no. I would have to agree with that. I think the definition of a bull market should be when you eclipse the prior peak. And we have not eclipsed that prior peak of 3393. By my math, you know, 3400 minus 2800 is about 600. Did I get that right? Yeah, you're in line. All right. <laughs> We're about 600 <laughs> points off. By the time this thing's published, it might be 700, it might be 500. I don't know, but we are not there. There's no way that we will be back. I mean, if the Fed buys the whole stock market, it could be 3,900 here very quickly. And yeah. then we could be, everybody could just, the government's going to buy all the bonds and all the stocks and we won't even have to be a capitalist society anymore. All right. So let's talk about that. I mean, you're our chief investment strategist and, and, and we're looking at the market is typically priced off of expected earnings and a multiple. Correct. Correct? Right. We know expected earnings are going to be terrible this year. Terrible. Right. So how do we get past that prior peak and all the way up to 3,900, like you're mentioning, when businesses have been shut down now? When was the official shutdown? A lot of people might go back to, I don't know, maybe it was March 15th or something like that. But a lot of businesses started shutting down right around Valentine's Day. Mid-February? I mean, I remember uh, I took one of my kids on a ski trip around then, and I remember being OCD, me and my, my son, being OCD about using hand sanitizer, wiping down the seat on the plane when we got there, right? So you know, a lot of people point to March 15th. I think it was starting much, much before that. But let's talk about earnings. In order for us to get back to a bull market, what do you think we need to see happen? I mean, the Fed's going to pump a bunch of 
liquidity into the market, whether it's forgivable loans or actual loans. And then suddenly we're, we're back above 3,300, 3,400, and we're on our way, way to 3,900, even though companies aren't actually doing anything. They're just sitting around and they're paying their employees to stay home. Right. So it's, it's essentially the government is going to spend its way out of this to bridge the gap to however long it takes to solve this healthcare issue. It's not an economic issue. The healthcare issue bled into a full-blown economic crisis, right? right? So until the healthcare equation is solved, the economic situation will remain fragile. Yeah. So the only thing you can do is have your lender of last resort essentially buy everything, right? Right. So it's very difficult for people to sell risk assets when they know the Fed is just going to come in there and buy them. Mm -hmm. So therefore, they're artificially inflated, right? From an earnings standpoint, your guess is as good as mine. As I can tell you right now, the stock market does not look attractive when it's trading at 19 times earnings and the street is still at $150 EPS this year when the average recession cuts earnings anywhere from 15 to 20%. So this if we, is going to be probably the deepest recession ever. Did we have a down 30% quarter in 09? No, was it down five? Yeah. I think it was down five was the worst it got. Because <laughs> 80% of the economy was still working, even yeah. though the financial sector was, was what was bleeding everybody out. We went to pretty much a grinding halt here in the last four weeks, yeah, which has never happened. And, and as you said, the virus is the issue, but obviously the virus has caused the economic shutdown. And I'm, I'm going to talk about this in a future podcast, so I don't want to go too far down the road here, but you know, how long is it going to take for the consumer to get his or her confidence back? But I think maybe more importantly is how long are business owners going to be damaged for? Because small businesses employ 50% of the, mm -hmm. the private labor force, right? How long are they going to be damaged for? You know, these PPP loans that they're talking about, there's not a single business owner that I know who's in the business of generating just enough revenues to cover payroll and that's it. It's not a single business owner who's in business to, just to cover payroll, right? Obviously, payroll, depending on what kind of business you're in. If you're in a service business, payroll is probably your biggest expense, if you're in a manufacturing business, maybe it's not. Maybe there's, you know, some cost of goods sold and stuff like that. But, you know, no business wants to operate just to pay payroll. So these businesses are still out as it relates to whatever profits they were expecting, covering other expenses. So, you know, I I'm wondering how long it takes for that rebound. Well, that's if you could get the loan, right? The money was first come, first serve. And yeah. if you weren't on there at midnight and they didn't change the application process on you 10 times... You might not even got the money. So the next, the next to, phase, and is you the, had to wait on your bank to be ready. Yeah. And, and banks were ready in different waves. So my bank's Huntington. Huntington was probably ready before Chase, which may have been ready before Bank of America. So depending on which bank was your bank, like you may have been in a disadvantage there as well. Right. I can tell you, a twelve hundred dollar check is not going to save the economy. No. Yeah. And that was not and the even $1,200 checks not going to get us back to what were they expecting on, for earnings this year? hundred and we were at 165 ish last year, 164. Right. right. So we, we started the year plus 10. Now we're down 10 and the average recession is down 20. Right. So we got, we got wood to chop yeah. still. Yeah. Right? It's, it's going to come down much further. Right. In your opinion, Nate, do you think we can eclipse? Is there any chance? Let, let me put it this way, because I'm assuming you're going to say no. So let, let me let me rephrase this. Is there any chance we surpass 3393 in the S&P 500 this calendar year? No. Why? Because it all depends on how fast the amount of people get back to work and what that productivity flows through and how much 
that productivity creates new spending, new CapEx projects. We also haven't talked about one thing that's also happening is oil is in a free-for-all. Right. And there's a lot of people that work in that industry, that sub-industry, a lot of different sectors of the economy that sell into that, yeah. that are their end markets, industrial yeah. companies, think material companies, think healthcare companies. There's a lot of components that use oil as input and yep. as an export, right? So we've got clients who own big energy service companies, right? Right. Whether it's in the Permian or the Bakken. So they're feeling the pain. Right, but they're the ones that are most closely related or or most closely intertwined with the price of oil. Whereas what you're saying, I mean, somebody that makes a bolt that goes on a certain oil pump, right? I mean, this goes all the way through the economy. Yeah, the whole supply chain is affected, not only just because of oil, but because of the shutdown. Yep. How long does it take to ramp up production? How many people do I actually need to be in manufacturing facility? How many engineers do I need to design that new part? Right, yep. it's all it's all interconnected in a way. So, for you to be back at in, at new highs, in what are we in April? You know, so eight months. Nobody's talking about the election. That's a flip card now too. That's a risk <laughs> that nobody's talking about. Yeah, you know, with Trump and what he's done, and voters and Biden now being the leading candidate and on the Democratic I've side. I've also heard they don't. They actually don't even want Biden. I've heard they want Cuomo. They don't want anybody right now. <laughs> Would you it's want a coin Biden? Flip. It's a coin flip of, of who potentially could win, and that creates more uncertainty for the market, yeah. which in turn could drive the market lower in the near term as well. So there's, I mean, we're not out of the woods even on the healthcare side of the equation, which started this, let alone how do we restart the economy and get people back to work? Two last questions for you, and we're going to wrap up. Number one, when does the economy not the stock market. When does the economy get back the whole? I think we were trending for twenty-two trillion of GDP this year. Is that correct? That sounds Sound about, right. about right. Yeah. When does the economy get back the whole? How long does it take? Is this twelve months, eighteen months, twenty-four months, thirty-six? What What's your best guess? I would say back to whole is probably a twelve to eighteen month ordeal. Best case scenario, I think things start to get back to normal. See, on everyday people's lives, come Q four. Um, and that's inclusive if the virus doesn't snap back in the fall when it's primed to seasonally. It seems <laughs> that way, right? I mean, if there's no cure and no vaccine, it seems like it'll definitely make a comeback. Right. It, it typically will. Yeah. Next question. How long do you think it'll take for the market to get back to whole? When do we get back to 3393? It's, it's going to be probably, if, if all goes well, six to 12 months. Wow. So you think we're going to get If there's a vaccine, if, if, if the health crisis gets solved relatively quickly, the market will react positively. If somebody came out tomorrow and said, hey, we have a vaccine that's 95% effective, the S&P would probably be up 25%. In a day. In a day. Because you're probably right about that. Because there's no certainty. Because coming into this, economically, there, we weren't really faltering. We were right. slowing, but we were in a steady growth of, you know, 2 to 3%. You factor in this health scare out of there, things would snap back rapidly because you could go live your normal life. You could jump on the plane. You could go be around people. You could go to that restaurant, that bar, and you wouldn't be worried about anything. Yeah. But until that happens, then it's still psychologically to your next podcast whenever you do it. Remain fragile. Exactly. Well, cool, Nate. Thanks for joining us today. That wraps up today's episode. Thanks for joining us. As always, if you have any questions, feel free to shoot us an email at info at swpconnect.com. 
info at swpconnect.com. Thanks everyone for joining us and stay safe out there.